0: Welcome to episode two of Recruiting Rundown. On this episode, we have a special guest to start off the podcast, Michaela Buccio. She's been one of me and Hank's friends forever, and she is committed to Elon for lacrosse. Here's what she has to say about her recruiting experience. So, we're here with Michaela Buccio on the phone for our first interview. Talking about girls' lacrosse recruiting. So, Michaela, can you tell us a little bit about how your recruiting experience was and and the different types of camps and things that you had to go to?
1: Yeah, so um, my I decided that I wanted to play in college pretty late. I decided the summer going into junior year, so I was pretty late to the process. I kind of had to, like, my mom and dad, like, helped me a lot, obviously, with, like, going to these, like, camps with, like, a bunch of schools. Like, I think during the summer, I probably went to, like, that summer and fall, I probably went to, like, five camps, um two of which were like specific schools but like just like prospect camps to be exposed because I really only had like two more tournaments to like prove myself obviously so um it was a pretty slow start but like once I, once the fall season started, when they, September 1st, and they could, like, start talking to me, I got, like, a couple calls and stuff, and, um, it was definitely stressful, like, it was a really, really stressful time, obviously, like, there was, at one point, it was, like, four weeks in a row where I had to miss, like, Friday, of, like, Friday school, leave early from school, and, like, go to, like, college to, like, visit, so, It was definitely a really stressful time, you know, especially being in a sport, you guys know. So, um, yeah, but it was totally worth it when I uh, committed in December.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the stressful process. Um, So, can you tell us? I know for football, a lot of the recruiting process goes through the high school, but I know for girls lacrosse, it's a lot different because you go through a club team more. Can you kind of talk about that dynamic between balancing? A high school team and a club team for your recruiting
1: yeah so um so for our like you know how we have like profiles ours is like connect Uh locks so you have like a profile and any college coach can look at it and like in it it's like list your like um team coach uh your like high school team coach and also your club coach so i had like in every like highlight or like on my profile it was like three different coaches named so like there were some points where, like, a college would reach out to, like, my high school coach. That happened, like, twice, and she would tell me, but then the rest was really, like, all through my club team. So it was, like, not that it was, it was, like, disorganized, but, like, I don't know. It was, like, the communication was definitely a little bit odd. Like, I would be talking through, like, to a college through, like, my high school coach, then through my club coach, and, like, um, but it was, like, I feel like, football's a little bit more straightforward, like you guys like one Definitely. outside, whatever the college would just come to the high school, but this was like a little bit more complicated, I think, in yeah. my opinion.
0: So last question. Um what mm-hmm. different types of schools were you looking at and what made you choose Elon in the end?
1: Alright, so I was look I talked to let me try to think. I was talking to Holy Cross um, Elon was like the Elon was like the last person I was talking to. I, they weren't even like on my list. Interesting. Holy Cross, Brown, Lafayette. Um, oh, and Virginia Tech. So it was like basically those four that I was talking to, and like I went to visit Brown like once, yeah. but like. I, it, like, those four colleges are just, like, so different. I can't even explain it. Like, yeah, absolutely. They're, like, four of the most, like, they're so different. And I kind of wanted warm, but I never, like, I never really, like, I don't know. I was really confused on, like, what I wanted and, like, had to, like, um, factor in, like, academics. Like, I'm not trying to, like, destroy myself in college, yeah. like, going to, like, an Ivy League. And I would sure. have to work, my sorry, and have to work, like, my butt off, like, senior year. Um, to get those grades up. So, I cut, that's what kind of, like, um, I cut out, like, Brown, basically, and, like, even Lafayette. Um, I didn't really want, like, too small of a school. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, basically, Elon reached out to me in the end in the weekend before Thanksgiving in November, whatever that was, and they were like, if you want to come visit in two weeks, you can. And I, was, and I was like, I'll just go. Why not? And I went and basically fell in love with the campus, loved the warmer weather, and – um. That's basically how I love the coaches. I didn't really like the coach for Holy Cross, so that's kind of why I like cut that out. But that's basically like how I've like chose Elon. It was like the campus and like the players, like really getting to know the coach. But yeah.
2: All right, that's awesome, Michaela. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome.
0: Anytime. All right. We are back to talk about Michaela's interview. Hank, what'd you think? I thought it was super interesting because the process
2: for lacrosse is not like football, and I think football is a lot more of, especially for us, it was reaching out to coaches and la- girls lacrosse, it was a lot of, just look at my profile and come see me at these showcases, and coaches really come to you versus football, you have to go to them.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. I have a lot of respect for lacrosse players because they have to go back and forth from high school football and then club football. Or, and I mean, club, club lacrosse. I meant lacrosse. That's my bad. But um, so football. There's never been a club, so me and Hank aren't used to playing a club football. So having two teams to balance is definitely respectable, and it's definitely hard. So I, I mean, even going to tournaments like football, like you, like you can't play in a tournament because you'd you'd get too beat up. But lacrosse players go into these summer tournaments and they they get banged up, play three three games a day, just so that they could play lacrosse in college, which I have a ton of respect for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I also think the last thing I want to add about Michaela's
2: interview is I feel like the process for um, girls and boys of lacrosse, and we'll go into more of that next episode when we interview uh, Reed Caldwell, um, the process is super accelerated. Because I know for us, we started our conversation about our recruiting process at the end of our sophomore year. And lacrosse, you can't start recruiting until uh, September 1st of your uh, junior year. And both Reed and Michaela. Um, well, Michaela, she said she committed in by Thanksgiving. That's two months later. And Reed was on the same timetable. I think he might have been in January or February. Yeah. So I think it's so much faster. And football, I mean, we started at the end of our sophomore year and didn't really finish up the process until the summer going into our senior year.
0: Absolutely. And also, like football, like we don't have, I mean, there are profiles like 24-7 and all these things, but it's completely different because... These lacrosse players have to make their own profile, they have to put their own highlights in, they have to do all this stuff and certain colleges reach out to them. When football, it's mostly us reaching out to other coaches and that's what that's what we use Twitter for and lacrosse doesn't really use Twitter as a as a tool as much as football does. So I think it's really cool that the way that they have to reach out to coaches and have coaches reach reach out to them. It's completely different than the way me and Hank. yeah,
2: and the way coaches value the profiles. Because I know for like twenty four seven and like Rival sports, like Some football recruiting profiles, coaches could care
0: less about what's on them. Yeah, it's mostly just film and and how people look in person and at camps and stuff. And also, Michaela said she she goes to a ton of showcases. And I know football there are showcases, but it's very rare. Mostly, you're going to that camps or that college's camp, like individually, like say, the only, the only showcases I can think of are like, when you go to like a big camp, like I remember going to Rutgers, they have probably 80 schools there with a ton of schools, but those are the only kind of showcases I can think of. But if I'm if, if I'm targeting one single school, like for example, Holy Cross, I'm going to go to that one camp, because I want to show the coaches there what I who I am, how I can play, and stuff like that. And the cross it's totally different. You're going and you're just having any coach that's there watch you play.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great segue into our next part of this episode, uh moving away from Mikhail's interview, um, camp season. So the way football camps work, and we've kind of alluded to this a little bit um prior, it's all singular college ran and others so let's say Rockers is having a camp like you just said. Smaller Division One schools will go, and then let's say a smaller Division One school like Lehigh or Holy Cross is having camp. Then you'll see like Division Two and Division Three schools go. So that's kind of how football camps work. But the way it really, what it boils down to is if you like a school, you should go to their camp. That's the best way to gain their interest, them to learn about you, and that's the best way to start a relationship with a coach because they see how you play, they see how you act, and yeah, that's what I got for that.
0: Yeah, so to move away from college camps, I know me and you both attended the Nike opening, mm-hmm. which is a camp that's nationally like known. It's, it's, they have multiple regional camps, and those camps are completely different from, um, from college camps. You basically show up, you're playing against some of the best kids in the country, and there are no colleges watching. So that's completely different. And what the opening does is they take a combine in the beginning... And they give you a score at the end of the day. And that score, they send out to like 24-7 and all these things so that colleges can see how athletic you are. But if if you do one-on-ones, for example, like I'm an offensive lineman, there's a lot of one-on-ones. If you do one-on-ones and you have a really good day at one-on-ones, the colleges are never going to see that. They only see your testing numbers. So say you're a big kid, you weigh 300 pounds, you test really bad, but you don't lose a one-one-on-one the whole day. The colleges are never going to know that. That's why I think going to college camps are much more important than these big Nike Under Armour run run camps.
2: Yeah, so let's go into more of our personal experiences with camps. So kind of picking up where we left off our story yesterday, we finished off uh, I would say around the spring of our soft, or sophomore going into junior year and then that summer. So that was the first time I personally went to camps.
0: Did you go to any camps yeah, before I w- that? I mean I went – I, going into freshman year, I went to a – or going into sophomore year, I went to a few because my brother was going through that process. So I thought it was um, why like why not piggyback along with him, but I only went to a few. Going into junior year was really the year that I went to a ton of camps. So before we talk about what we actually did at the camps, we're going to talk
2: about the process of choosing what schools to actually go and camp at. Because a lot of schools are going to show interest if you have good film, and so it's really kind of figuring out, this is what the process almost boils down to, is figuring out what schools are actually interested in you, and did you have any strategies or techniques to figure out what schools really were interested in you?
0: So basically what I did, I knew, um, I knew that I was probably going to end up in an FCS type spot, so I mostly scheduled FCS, well, which the difference between FBS and FCS is FBS are the top, like, big schools FCS is like a lower caliber division one football so I scheduled two FBS camps and then the rest FCS camps because I knew just in case I I did really well at the FBS camps and the coaches noticed me I knew that I had to go to at least two so I think that year I signed up for it might have been three actually I went to Rutgers UNC and BC so I went to those three but then all the other ones were small FCS schools like Holy Cross, Lehigh, I'm trying to think, Lafayette, Richmond, like, schools like that, because I knew that they were actually interested in me, and me and the coaches had built a good bond already. So that's basically my strategy. Did you have any type of strategy? So I'll be honest, I did not have that type, any really type
2: of strategy. I didn't have any, like, footsteps to follow in, because I didn't have an older brother, like, who's already been through the process. So me going into camp season, my eyes were wide open, and I mean for quarterbacks winning a state championship coaches love to see quarterbacks as winners and I got some decent I wouldn't call it interest looking back on it now but things as a sophomore that really really excited me and made me want to go camping at certain schools so like I would get like a DM from a coach from like UNC or Syracuse and schools like that and I would end up going to their camp because of one DM and it might have just been DM sent to like, 100 kids. Like, I I didn't really know at that point. So, I mean, that summer, I probably went to, like, 10 FBS camps and two or three FCS camps, which is completely opposite of Declan. And looking back on it, I'm not upset that I did that because I got my name out in front of coaches. And I, like, drew some interest, but not enough to, like, kind of continue the recruiting process with them. So the camps that I ended up going to, I went to UNC – Virginia, Syracuse, um, Northwestern, I went to Wake Forest, and then I also went to Lehigh, Harvard, and Princeton. So those uh, those are the camps that I went to going into my junior year to try and make a name for
0: myself. That's awesome. So going off of that, talking about these FBS camps. So I know some experiences, um, me and Hank have both had these experiences, we've definitely talked about it. Um Just one personal experience for me, so I went to the u n c camp both u n c and Rutgers. I'm actually going to talk about the Rutgers one first yeah Rutgers, my sophomore year I went, and the coach knew my brother sort of he didn 't really know me, but Coach DeSarno Sarno was friends with him, his name was coach Blazik and he was the offensive line coach at Rutgers and um that 's probably the best camp i 've had in my entire life, and i didn 't lose a one on one and I was going against seniors and it was just it was an awesome experience for me. And at the end of that, I was expecting like ton of interest from Rutgers, like Rutgers to be all over me. But it was honestly probably the opposite. I, no one talked to me after that. I didn't get any interest from them at all. And the same exact thing happened at UNC where I had a really good camp, probably not as good as Rutgers, but I had a really good camp. Coach was talking to me the whole time. said, hey, come up for a game after the camp, but never talked to me again. So, I mean, it's definitely dehumanizing, I guess to say, because you're – you're 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 having one of the best days of your life, one of the best camps of your life, and then it doesn't matter at all. Do you have any do you have any stories like that? Yeah, I mean I remember the first camp
2: that I went to, I mean, I remember I created a spreadsheet and like laid out all the schools I was going to and what dates and stuff like that. And so the first camp I went to, I think it was made up in the first weekend in June, which is the first week in camps alone. I went down to Virginia and that was a school I always had my eye and I wasn't really getting interest from them, but I think that was a school that really intrigued me and like if I got like any interest from there, I would definitely end up trying to go there. So I remember it was my first camp. I was super nervous and really, I mean, I had an unbelievable camp. I threw the ball exceptionally well. I didn't like mess up at all. And like, I thought the coaches were definitely impressed. Like the head coach was kind of, he was kind of looking at me, I thought. And I mean, I talked to the offensive coordinator after the game who really, the offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach is the, really the one who ends up recording the, recruiting the quarterbacks, yeah. and he was just like, hey, what's your name? And, like, I was like, what? Like, you've asked my name, like, twice already today. I threw the ball fantastic. You still don't remember my name? And instead of talking to me about recruiting, he's like, isn't there a famous lawyer named Shapiro? I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, there is, but, like, that's that's not the point. I just came down to Virginia to throw to you. I had an awesome camp, and you don't really care. Yeah. I'm like and that one really stung because I mean the school was sick. I mean we walked around the campus that day before the camp. I think the campus at night in their like indoor facility and like I was just like I had such positive vibes and then that's all I had and that's literally the last interaction I had with that coach and Virginia and like I left with nothing even after such like what I thought to be a great camp performance.
0: Yeah, no, that that that's that's the worst feeling in the world. So moving on a little bit. So I'm an offensive lineman, and I've been to—we've both been to plenty of camps in our days. And um, I know there's always a big group of offensive linemen, but every school is taking four to five offensive linemen per class, and I know they're only taking one to two quarterbacks. And I've seen massive groups of quarterbacks at camps. What can you—what what can you tell me about that?
2: Yeah, so that's probably one of the worst parts for me because schools generally only take one, and sometimes two quarterbacks in an entire uh, recruiting class. So, like, every school that I visit at would generally offer maybe 10 of them and only let one of them commit or only one would want to commit. So that's really tough. And especially at these camps, every so, like, everybody thinks they're a quarterback. Everyone thinks they can throw the ball, do everything. And, like, not everybody has a film to back it up. But these camps are open to the public. You just have to pay. And it's not really super expensive. So, yeah if you're just looking for a good day with in front of college coaches and get some good coaching, like why not go to a camp? And if most people are quarterbacks, that's just the way people think they are. And it's just not the case for everybody. So there's a lot of battling like for repetitions during the camps. I think for quarterbacks, that's one of the big things I had to deal with because there's always a ton of kids who just aren't good. And you're just like, Oh my God, like, why are you here? I'm trying to impress my, impress these coaches and get my name out there. But, I mean that stinks, and then even that, I, I've been through it multiple times. I've been on both ends. The offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, will watch one, maybe two quarterbacks through the entire camp of that school, and I've been on both ends of it. Like I know at the smaller schools, those quarterback coaches were watching me, but when I would go to a school like Virginia, Syracuse, Northwestern, they were like they'd see me throw, they would like, oh, good throw, but like. They didn't care. They didn't. They really didn't, and that was really tough for me because I knew I was playing well. And I knew I could do what everybody, what the other kids they were looking at were doing, but they already ha- had a connection with certain kids at the camp, which was super super tough to go through.
0: Yeah. So to end this off, I have one more question for you, and I'll, I'm gonna answer the question too after you. What was your favorite camp that you went to in your entire recruitment process, and why? Favorite camp? You go first. All right. So I have one. I went to Army West Point going into my senior year, and i was i wasn't expecting much from it i was um I was excited to go because like you know army West Point's a beautiful place and I showed up to the camp and it was the most well run camp I had ever been to. The coaches were looking at everyone, they were talking to everyone they were coaching everyone up. they gave everyone an opportunity to show what they had, which honestly didn't even happen at the smaller school camps that I went to, so it was really awesome to see that like West Point really gave every single kid a chance that got there, and the cool part about it is they split it up into offensive defense, which it sh- it it showed your athleticism because as an offensive lineman, a lot of a lot of offensive linemen cannot play defensive line, which is like you just need to be more athletic to play defensive line. So they split it up, which showed like if there's an offensive lineman who might be a better defensive lineman, it showed them that, and it definitely moved me out of my comfort zone. But I absolutely loved it because I, I showed that I was an athletic big guy and that I could play defensive line and things like that. So overall, Army West Point, beautiful campus, absolutely gorgeous facilities. I think that was my favorite camp overall as a, during my recruitment process.
2: Yeah, so my favorite camp was probably going down, my, going into my junior year, going to North Carolina camp. But this was a different type of camp. This wasn't necessarily like a prospect camp that Declan would go to because this was – they called it the North Carolina quarterback camp, so they invited only a certain. You could, this was like, um, you anyone can sign up, but it was sold out really quick. And I didn't sign up, but the coach there DM'd me and said, "I really want you to go. I can get you in." I was like, "I'll be there, no questions asked." So I went, and that camp I thought, since I was in the group, so they brought split us up into four groups at that camp, and I was in the group that all the coaches would like watch. And there's a lot of other schools there. Um, so they were actually watching us I actually won a competition there and got like a t-shirt. I got a ton of sick gear at that camp, which I liked. I mean, that's not really what you're supposed to be looking for in a camp. I like, I mean, let's be honest. It helps. It makes the experience a lot better. I thought it was also really well ran. Everything that was like charts, all the drills where they gave us a packet at the beginning of every drill we were going to run, every meeting that we were going to go through. and it It was an all day camp, which most camps are usually three or four hours, but this one was all day, and I mean, that was just one of the best experiences I've ever had. And that's actually where I met the offensive coordinator from Lehigh. So that's kind of where, like, my recruiting process started for me with Lehigh, which was really big for me because I had a good camp there. I even drew a little interest from UNC, but, like, not enough for them to keep recruiting me. But, like, I had a good camp, and it, went, it just went really well for me. And, Declan, I just want to end off the episode. Can you just talk about – this is more of a funny part of it, I would say. Yeah. You're going to a camp. You get there, the line there. What do you feel? Okay, so
1: the line, so. (laughs) Especially
0: for me as an offensive lineman. Like, I'm a big kid, but going to some of these camps, like. There's a lot of testosterone going around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And there's some big boys. And everyone's sizing each other up. Everyone's standing on their tiptoes. Everyone's looking at each other. Yeah.
2: It's really, really weird. Especially for a quarterback who. Yeah.
0: It is weird. (laughs) Because, like, you're standing in the line and, like. There are all these big dudes, but like honestly, you don't know who's good and who's not unless you actually know who the player is. But like, I'll, I'll walk into a camp and I'll see some huge dude and I'm like, this kid's gonna be a beast. And then we get on the field and he stinks. He can't even move. So I just think it's just like a meat market. Like you're you're, you're walking through. Like they're big. They're, they're like people are everywhere. Everyone's looking and like everyone's and
2: not only that. When you the first thing you do when you go to a camp, coaches measure you. They put you on the scale. They do your exactly. wingspan. They measure your hand. They do your height. They do your vertical. They do your 40-yard dash. Those are the first things they do when you go to any camp, I promise you. So it's definitely, it's,
0: I mean, it's the meat market. I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm glad that that's over because I hated standing in those lines looking at everybody. Yeah, and I know. Just one last quarterback experience.
2: The way you always knew if they were a quarterback is if they had a football in their hand <gasps> because every single quarterback
0: has their football in their hand the entire time, no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's going to be the end of episode two. Come back next episode to listen to Reed Caldwell in his interview and listen to me and Hank talk a little bit more about college football recruiting. Yeah, and
2: we're, we'll talk about more of our junior season and then official, unofficial visits, junior days, and stuff like that. Thanks for listening.